This podcast is a product of the 4th and Inches Network. A podcast network designed to keep Husky fans up to date on their favorite programs around UW. Enjoy the show and go dogs. Go dogs. Go dogs. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the very first ever episode of our new podcast, part of the 4th and Inches Network family that covers the Washington Husky softball program with a little bit of baseball mixed in. This week, I, Kayla Olin, and Trey Kenoshi break down how the season is going thus far and who seems to be the top Diamond Dogs heading into conference play. As UW opens their Pac-12 schedule down in Cal this weekend, there are some concerns that may make for a challenging win. There's also a fun fact that most of you, us included, probably didn't know. This is Turn 2. Hello, Husky fans. Welcome to the very first episode of a new podcast here on the 4th and Inches Network. I am Kayla Olin. And I am Trey Konishi. And this is Turn 2. Basically, if you kind of didn't guess, it's a podcast about the Washington Husky softball program. We will cover baseball a little bit, just a quick recap overview and who they are playing. But since this is still a growing network with fourth and inches, it's going to be softball focused. So you will get a little bit of baseball and that will come hopefully next spring with its own podcast. But for now, it's it's mainly softball related and a little bit of baseball mixed in. So welcome to turn two. I'm so excited. And Trey, I'm so excited to be working with you. Yeah, I am too. I'm really looking forward to this season. So far, this team has done really well and hopefully they can continue to play well I love that you kind of already mentioned right away that they're doing well because and this is where it's going to be really nice I love having a co-host because I think that they've dropped the ball a little bit this season so far I expected a lot bigger and you know we'll get into all of this we're kind of jumping right ahead but I kind of expect a little bit bigger things already so I'm excited to hear kind of your perspective on how they're really running with it this season and hopes to make an appearance at the Women College World Series, which they actually missed last season for the first, first time since 2016. And Trey, we'll go ahead and do a little bit of kind of get to know us, a bit of a background. You want to go ahead and start in terms of, you know, a little bit about you and then why you love Husky softball. Yeah, for sure. My name is Trey Konishi and I'm going to be going to graduate school starting in June at the University of Washington, getting my master's in elementary education. And yeah, for as long as I've been alive, really, I've I've really, really been um, into just anything UW related, whether that's the football team, the basketball team. And then recently, I'd say within the past maybe six or seven years, I've really, really gotten into UW women's softball. I'm just a huge fan of Heather Tarr. I think she has really done a great job coaching this program. And then it's really nice to see just some of the players she's been able to coach up, players like Taylor Van Zee and, of course, Sis Bates and all those really good players that is she has there, produced. Yeah, is it really a UW softball podcast if we don't mention Sis Bates at least maybe once a time? Oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> Heather Tarr is the goat of college softball, especially. I like to compare her to kind of the Don James of the women's sports. She will be legendary. She'll probably have her own statue at some point on the campus because of how much she has done. And 
I'm Kayla Olin. You can also find me on the fourth and inches. It's a football podcast. I've done that with Trevor Mueller for a long time, was with Sports Illustrated Husky Maven channel. I also graduated from the University of Washington forever ago. We don't need to talk about how old I am there. <laughs> Definitely not grad school age. So, but have played softball throughout high school and everything. And I loved it. And I love Washington and the Huskies. And especially, like you said, Heather Tarr and what the program has done. Even Daniel Lowry, somebody who I always liked to idolize when I was playing in high school. And so I guess we'll go ahead and get right into this a little bit, but Kind of starting off right away, Washington is number seven. They begin Pac-12 play Friday, today, tomorrow, however you're listening to this, whenever you're listening to this, against the California Golden Bears down in Berkeley. First game is at 3 p.m. on Friday. My goodness, I don't even know what day it is anymore. <laughs> and then you also have a 2.30 meeting the next day and then Sunday at 2 o'clock as well. But first initial thoughts kind of going into this Pac-12 play, being ranked number seven, did you see Washington as kind of being in that position in the driver's seat to win the conference or next to UCLA? I did. I think, you know, this is a really young team. I mean, if you look at their starting lineup, they have four freshmen in there. They have yeah. Olivia Johnson, they have Angie Lillen, Kensley Fielder, and Riley Holt, uh, Holtorf. But I think all four of them really, really represent the team well, and they show leadership, um, which is something that I was a little bit concerned about because Sis Bates was the focal point from the team last year. So I think this team's really, really young, but I do see a lot of potential in the freshmen and the team itself. And I was a little nervous just because if you look at the roster in general, we'll kind of talk about players to watch for for this upcoming season slash matchup with Cal, but it is one of the smallest rosters that the UW softball team has had since, about, I believe, 2014. They had 24 on the roster the last couple of seasons, and now, and now they're down to 17. So that was also kind of not a red flag, but a little bit of a concern. You mentioned leadership. I was thinking the same thing, but even just depth as well. If like there's injuries or someone's just not having a good day, how much depth will there be? Yeah, and I think, um, and I, you know, I expect so much from uh, the returning players like Sammy Reynolds, Madison Husky, and Bailey uh, Klinger. And Bailey Klinger has really done well this, this season so far. Um, yeah. I read an article and Heather Tarr said that she's one of the best players that she's coached. Um, and she does not disappoint just with her power, just getting on base. It's outstanding. And she's used talk about leadership again, going back to that and losing Sis Bates. But Bailey Klinger has really stepped up. She was always there as a leader, but kind of being a senior leader now, being able to say, if they do make it to the World Series, I've been in your position. This is how we can get there. If you're down, you know, we can rally. We can come back from this. And I love that you mentioned her. So we'll go ahead and get right into it in terms of players to watch for, especially against this series. In general, Washington is 52 and 43 all time against Cal. Dogs are currently on a 12-game win streak against those Golden Bears and hasn't lost a home series to Cal since 1998. Regardless, Washington is down there in California, but still on a 12-game win streak. And starting off with senior Bailey Klinger right away, the best Husky hitting percentage with a 4-4-2, has 33 career home runs and only needs two more to move into the top 10 of Washington history, of Husky history. 
also on a nine game hit, hit, hit streak, five game uh, extra base hit streak, 11 game reaching base streak. Also currently leads the Pac-12 in home runs with 12, which is also tied for second most in the nation. I'm just pumping her tires from what you basically already did. <laughs> yeah, no, she's very impressive. Very, very, very. In terms of also fielding, how do you feel she's kind of stepped up so far this season playing defense? Because she's always had a bat on her. She's always been that three or four hitter, but now she's having to kind of take place of Sis Bates and she's rotated between sometimes playing third, maybe second occasionally, and then it's shortstop where Sis Bates was. How have you really seen her kind of progress just this offseason? Yeah, I think she's just a lot more confident. You know, she's obviously playing a new role, like you mentioned. And that's the thing about baseball, softball as well. I mean, it's not just the bats. It's also, you know, how you do defensively. Um, There's a lot of players that I've seen who have an incredible bat, but their defense has been shaky. But I think she's a lot more confident, a lot more aggressive, you know, playing short, playing third. And I think she's just open to wherever Heather Tarr wants her to go because she can because she's a utility player. She can play pretty much anywhere in the infield. So that's like getting those athletes in football. You know, hey, you want to play offense, you want to play defense, we'll move you around. Can you do special teams? And that's definitely Bailey Klinger and somebody who will be probably an MVP for this team come end of the season and hopefully a World Series run there again. Another one to watch for, I'm sure everyone knows this name, Gabby Plain who at this point seems like she's been around this program forever. <laughs> just Yeah, this is like her fifth year with the team. Yeah, then you had the COVID year. You There's just so many years with Gabby playing, and you can tell because she looks very poised. She was on Australian's Olympic summer team there up in Tokyo pitching. She's fantastic. And against Colorado State on Saturday this last weekend, Plain struck out a season high of 14 batters and will be looking for her 34, 34th game with with 10 plus strikeouts. So Plain is 52 strikeouts away from a thousand career Ks, either forward or backwards. But big, big season ahead for Gabby Plain. Absolutely. Yeah. Out of all the players returning from a year ago, I expect her to really, really be the MVP of the team because she has the most experience. I mean, go back to her freshman season and every year she's just progressed as a pitcher. So I expect huge things from Gabby Plain this year. The only, and we're talking about red flags, but maybe just even kind of things to watch for or hopefully areas of improvement is just pitching differences between Australia and college. Gabby Plain can have a few uh, illegal pitches so to say, right. Yeah. Um, just with how she lifts her leg off the plate or, you know, comes together before coming fully set. So we'll see if that gets kind of completely cleaned up as conference play rolls in, but definitely something where if it is a close game that could, you know, be a little bit of a deal breaker sometimes. Right. Yeah. No, I've seen many games where they've done illegal pitches and <laughs> like once a game, right? Loaded. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and then I love that you brought up bases loaded because in situations like that or a bunch of walks or hit batters, that's 
that could be the difference between a win, a loss, a regional win, a game to go to the World Series. So hopefully that's something that can be cleaned up a little bit or one of those things that we'll be keeping tabs on as conference play progresses. Um, any other final thoughts from Gabby before I move on to a freshman? No, I've, I've been impressed with Gabby this season, but I mean, expectations were, you know, she was going to be amazing yeah. this season. So and she's going to be the leader of that team in the definitely the pitching rotation. And then you've already mentioned her once, but freshman uh, Kinsey Fiedler named a Pac-12 freshman of the week on Monday. Fiedler hit a 500 on the week with one triple, three home runs and six RBIs. That's a stellar bat. And she's also getting a lot of time out on defense as well. So somebody who we might see not being the next Sis Bates, but somebody who can have the bat and the defense all in one. Right. She has a lot of confidence, you know, for a freshman, I'd be like, okay, as a freshman, I'd be like, no, no confidence at all. I'm just going to watch every ball, (laughs) but no, she swings. No, she does. She does. She's one of the better freshmen that I've seen since I'd say probably since Bates. So within the past four or five years and yeah, she can really, really hit the ball well. And like you mentioned before, you know, Pac-12 freshman of the week. Yeah. That's pretty impressive considering the season has just started. So not only that, but like just Pac-12 as a whole. And I think as we're going into finally some conference play, talking about the Pac-12, just how good they are is something I think also important to touch on. You know, UCLA is good. It is great. It's phenomenal. They're always in the World Series. Cal's not bad. Oregon is good. Oregon State, not bad. Arizona is good. ASU is good. So it's a, it's a good conference. And I think that it is probably one of the more stacked sports in terms of the PAC 12 and how competitive they can be nationwide. I agree. You take out a team like UCLA 22 and three Oregon, they're right behind UCLA. At Speaking of people who've been here forever. I feel like UCLA's pitcher has been here for longer than Gabby playing in this space. Right, Rachel Garcia. Yes. Yeah. Pretty sure she was still playing when I was in high school, which again was forever ago. But no, you're talking about how good the conference is. Mm-hmm. Another player I'd like to mention who's a freshman who had an unbelievable first season of the year, Olivia Johnson, oh. the catcher for the Huskies. She started off the season after the first weekend batting 700, three home runs, and she walked a ton. What are your thoughts on her so far? The first time, Freshmen are always hard because I think it's, and I'm going to make a lot of football or other sport comparisons just because my mind goes all over, but the speed and how the game is played in college softball is vastly different than in high school or all-stars. This is now you're in D1, some of the best of the best across the nation and Washington pulling in some of the top two recruits with these freshmen. I was nervous just to see how she would adjust and her first at bat is for a home run I was like yeah it's crazy (laughs) I was like okay somebody signed her to the major leagues because this girl is powerful and then the next ones were all for home runs and you go on Twitter and you see all of a sudden all of her fan and stan accounts you know Olivia Johnson fan or I'm buying a Johnson jersey now that this name image likeness is available and she's already got a following behind her because she is going to be legit when she's a senior already is, but in four years, 
yeah, watch out, Garcia. She's coming for you. I agree. And, you know, obviously, I, I didn't think that level of consistency was going to uh, continue. Um, she has dropped a little bit, but she's yeah. still batting 286 for freshmen. So that's still impressive. I mean, she is struggling a little bit with that average going down but yeah for a freshman she's still very impressive to watch especially when now she's on people's radar they're not going to throw her a nice ball down the middle they're going to make her work for everything and hopefully it's kind of maybe a little bit of a freshman funk just I started so high I'm dropping a little bit getting her back into a rhythm especially with some conference play as the season starts to progress and all games matter, but now you're getting into the nitty gritty of these games really matter in terms of seeding come postseason. Right. Speaking of talking about conferences, we mentioned it's the first conference series of the year. Both teams are coming in at 0-0 in conference play, so no one is quite ranked in terms of standings. But UW is 19-5 and on the season, dropping a few should-have-won games. And Cal is 18-8, and losing some respective ones. Fresno State, TCU, a few of those. So in terms of those five losses, I know you said that you were pretty impressed and happy with how the season was going so far. How do you see UW's 19-5 and record overall so far going into conference? Well, going back to that, um, I think they've had some good wins, you know, wins that they should yeah. uh, should have won. But I also think they had, do have some mysterious losses. I mean, you go back in some of those games against – Clemson and San Diego State, Missouri and (laughs) Houston. Yeah. So I think some of that, that lack of depth and a little bit of lack of leadership is starting to be in play a little bit with some of those losses. Um, But I think they're one of those teams, especially with how good a coach Heather Tara, she's going to figure it out. And, you know, Cal's a good team. Cal's 18 and eight overall. Um, like you said, they're on a two game losing streak, but they've lost to teams like Oklahoma, which is ranked number one. Exactly. That's why I'm like, okay, that's a quality loss there. (laughs) Oh, shut out by Oklahoma, but. (laughs) And Cal has the best start since 2018. So within the past three, four years, this is the best they've looked. That's scary. Especially going your first conference game is down in Berkeley you're not having luxury of starting at home that Cal is. So it'll be interesting to see kind of how this all plays out and kind of looking at, we've talked about rosters and players, but maybe let's look at where we can kind of project to see some of these players Um, in the circle, Gabby Plain, Brooke Nelson, and Kelly Lynch, all really experienced and really good pitchers. I would say that the pitching circle might be one of the best looking that it has in a long time. I agree. agree. And that's one of the names that we haven't really mentioned yet. Brooke Nelson. I mean, this is a junior and she plays first time in front of fans against Robert Morris. And she throws a shutout in the first time in front of fans. So I think just seeing that there's a lot of, probably nervousness for her since she is pitching first time as a Washington Husky in front of fans and for her to go out there and throw a shutout that's probably my favorite thing that's happened so far this season oh my gosh I love that you mentioned that that's your favorite this season because we will starting moving forward as 
games have happened and we're recapping games, we'll have a Trey's top play of the week. And so for that to be your kind of top play of the season so far, I love that you threw that out there since we didn't really get any games yet that we're going to talk about. In terms of infield, you can probably expect Espinoza, Klinger, Fiedler, and then Vandergrift. Those can all be interchangeable. There's been a lot of moving pieces going around. You've had Angie Yellen, who's kind of also come in and out. Olivia Johnson's probably a catcher, uh, again, rotating a little bit. Sammy Reynolds is probably locked at left field. I don't really see her playing anywhere else. And then no. Lily Egg in center field. I think other ones too is when you even talked about that, we didn't really get to touch on too much is Madison Husky, somebody who can be rotating in and out. Same with Riley Holtar, that one you kind of touched on and then Jen Cummings as well. So some names that we could potentially see be rotating through a lot. And just, we talk about not really having much depth, but there's so many different moving pieces that there's no real, this is where they are. And this is where they stay because they're all so versatile everywhere. Yeah, and also Kelly Lynch, she can play a little bit of first base as well. Yes. My only concern with Lynch is just she, I think she struggles and is a little bit inconsistent just with the bat. I think pitching-wise, she's pretty locked in as a number three starter behind yeah. Gabby Plain and Brooke Nelson. But I think for her, just offensively, you know, she's kind of struggled a little bit so far. And that's something I like that you brought up because you always think, again, Rachel Garcia is our exception here. I can't wait till we get to UCLA and we just talk about her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is that you don't really see too many pitchers that can hit just as well. And, you know, Gabby doesn't hit. Brooke, not a hitter. So for Kelly Lynch to struggle offensively, I mean, hey, she's getting some at-bats. So progress, right? <laughs> yeah, for sure. No, no, Rachel Garcia, but we will get there eventually. And so kind of talking about Cal is you talking about them being off to their best start since 2018. That's scary. And Bears offensively are really getting things working. They've hit at least one home run in 19 of 26 games so far this year and are 15 and four in games with one or more home run. So Cal sitting at six and oh and hitting two or more deep shots in a game. That's something that I think people will want to watch for or we'll need to keep our eye on in terms of if those long balls are being given up. Another thing that I saw that was interesting, when this team has at least 10, ba 10 base hits in a game, they don't lose. So that's something <laughs> to look for. Yeah. Yeah. If Yeah. 10 base hits, that's a, that's a no-no. And I think that's something that's Washington actually struggles with a little bit, in my opinion, is they do yeah, they tend do. to give up more base hits, but they'll get the double plays or they rely on the circle to get the out of the plate to end an inning. And so trying to minimize the base hits as best as possible, whether it's diving for a ball or, you know, getting there a little bit faster, running up on a grounder. It's going to be right. huge because that stat that you just said is scary. It should be scary. Right. Yeah. Cal's nine and one with 10 or more hits this season so far. So. And then even let's talk about McKenna Smith, somebody that Washington fans should keep an eye on for Cal is third in the Pac-12 conference with a four, nine, one batting average through the first five weeks of the season. 
who's also recorded a hit in 18 of 20 games played and is tied for the team lead with seven home runs and that's seventh in the Pac-12. So there's there's some powerful bats back there. And we talked about how the long ball in terms of their then win ratio, but then you have this hitter who has seven home runs and it's, it's going to be a challenge for Washington. It's not going to be an easy out of the gate game. I think like some people think it will be. No, absolutely. Yeah. You'd look at someone with McKenna Smith. She's pretty much the leader of that team. And she's just so consistent hitting, like you mentioned, 18 out of the, in the past 20 games, getting a base hit. And like you said, 491 batting average, that is, that's pretty impressive. I mean, I don't know too many players who are at that batting average. I mean, she's batting, almost 500 so half the time half of her at bats are hits you know that's that's scary it's a lot better than even some of the best of the best on Oklahoma so yeah it's it's going to be somebody where we'll see how they decide to pitch to her whether they kind of want to maybe take a walk in some scenarios or how that works out because if we do get in one of those situations where there are other runners on base are they going to pitch to her you know I'm I would probably assume no yeah the good news is the past even though they played Oklahoma you know Cal has struggled the past couple games they've given up 14 runs and they've only scored one (laughs) and what was a really shocking game for Cal was her loss to Hawaii Hawaii is six and nine overall and they bad loss they lost six to one to cal to uh to hawaii so that's uh you know that's probably one of their most questionable losses and it they just played so they're they're uh they've looked bad these last two games overall just being outscored 14 to one i was talking with my dad we were talking about washington's recent loss and how you know they're just not putting any runs up but then they'll turn around the next day and put up 14 and it's just, can you just spread the wealth a little bit between a couple games? You don't need to put up 14 runs in one, like save some for later. Right. And speaking of also pitching as well for Cal, uh, Sonia Halajian leads the Bears in the circle with a 10-2 and record. And the 10 wins is tied for the most in the Pac-12 this season and is tied for sixth in the Pac-12 with 64 strikeouts in the circle. So that's on the season alone. 64 strikeouts is a very good number, only pitching 12 games. Oh, yeah, for sure. And I think the biggest key for the Huskies offensively is just to get to early. Don't, like, if you get a good pitch, take, like, take it. Swing yeah. the bat. Don't try to wait and don't make, don't be stuck in an 0-2 count. If you see a good pitch, I would just swing that bat. It's it's going to be a pitcher that you're not going to want to be patient at the plate with. Right. There, she, she rarely throws some bad balls. And so if you see one that you think is going to be pretty, just I, I agree with you. I think you nailed that offensive key on the head in terms of how Washington can win this weekend. Defensively, how Washington can win this weekend, what are your thoughts? I think it just starts with Gabby Plain. I think it starts, obviously, she's going to be probably starting tomorrow, if I had to guess. And I think it's just coming yeah. out, throwing key strikes, and not 
throwing mini balls. The worst thing that this defense can have happen is it's like three one pitch or if it's three Oh pitch, because if it's right down the middle of the plate, Cal is going to be swinging and it will not be good. And then defensively too, just not making errors, you know, just going out there and you can't have with Cal's offense, you just can't have room for. Yeah. Even I would even say mistakes. playing them back a little bit further than usual. Yeah. Because they especially have with the power. power. Yes. Right. So- First podcast together. We're already gelling. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Any final thoughts before we really move on to baseball? I don't think so. I think this will be a really good test for UW, especially the series coming up with three games against Cal in Cal. And then uh, right after that, you know, they're home to play UCLA. So this is definitely not an easy yeah, for UW. <laughs> Our Jen Cohen with this athletic director, when she was making the schedule, she was like, "Yeah, this looks doable. Like, we'll just get them all out of the way now." <laughs> just- yeah. <laughs> well, as promised, is we will kind of just briefly touch on baseball, and we will recap their week when we do our next show, and we're just kind of going to get a little bit of quick rundown on their season so far. So uh, baseball head coach, Lindsay Meggs and a staffer, they've, they've expressed multiple times how excited they are with this reloaded roster for the 2022 season. It's featuring 23 newcomers. We talked about a young team with the softball. Whoa. 23 newcomers made up of 10 Juco transfers, 10 true freshmen, and three four-year college transfers. So this is basically a brand new team aside from pitchers. It is, yeah, and it's starting to show a little bit. You know, overall, they're 9-8, and eight, and in conference play, 1-2. and two, And they are on a three-game losing streak so far with um, <laughs> a loss to Portland. and Yeah, that losses. came down to the very last inning. Right, which isn't, which isn't a, which is a bad loss. Um, yeah. And then they only won one game against uh, Utah, and those games where they did lose, I mean, they defensively given up seven runs to to utah um i feel like anytime you score at least six runs in a game you should win but <laughs> the amount of major league games i've seen where there's been like a you're up by 12 and you just lost yeah <laughs> you like oh hold my beer i'm ready but yeah. uh, speaking of kind of just defensively and giving up hits, the returning to pitchers with starting experience include a left-handed pitcher with Adam Blobaum, right-handed pitcher with Jack Anger, and right-handed pitcher with Stefan Wraith. And Wraith in particular being lights out to start the season and 30 strikeouts to just five walks. I'll take it. He's got a 4-7 ERA in 19.1 innings of work. So they're hopefully going to get it together as they do host Wazoo in Seattle in the Boeing Apple Cup series. You mentioned UW being one and two. Wazoo is also one and two in the conference. And so you can go in second place because five others are starting out two and one with tied for first. <laughs> so uh, UW, like you mentioned, nine and eight overall. Wazoo is nine and seven. Game times are Friday at 6 p.m., Saturday at 5 p.m., and Sunday at 12 p.m. if you want to kind of go out and watch them. And fun Apple Cup fact, Trey, you need to tell me if you knew this because I actually learned this for the first time doing some research on this baseball program. But 
the, and I'm going to quote it here because I want to get it right. Uh, the Boeing Apple Cup series was expanded beyond football to include multiple sports in 2018 with points awarded for every head-to-head -head matchup between all the sports. 10 points are on the line in each of this weekend's three games for baseball. The Boeing Apple Cup series trophy was awarded to UW in 2019 and Wazoo in 2021. Wazoo currently holds the edge in 2022 with a score of 250 to 170. I did not know that. No. I thought each team had their own trophy <laughs> that they were just passing. Right. Yeah. I thought so too. Yeah. I mean, I know football has their own Apple Cup trophy, but I didn't know when they made it, you know, Apple Cup Boeing series. I was just like, okay, whatever. But I didn't know it was actually a series between all of the sports for these schools all year long. Yeah. Me neither. Cause yeah. Cause uh, for the Apple Cup, for the for football, I thought it was just the, you know, individual trophy for, yeah. for each team who won each year. Yeah. So a little fun fact for you to share at anyone's next little party or get together or, you know, next time you should probably wait till UW is up on Wazoo to talk a little smack to your Wazoo friends. But <laughs> I thought that was super interesting. Um, and then as we're kind of just going to wrap this up, I want to go ahead and get your prediction on this Washington Cal matchup. It doesn't have to be, you know, are they going to throw a shutout, but is Washington going to sweep? Are they going to drop the series or are they going to come away with a win? I think I've had to guess. I think they're going to come away with the win with the series. I think they're going to uh, be two on one. I don't see a sweep, <laughs> yeah, honestly. I, 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 I don't. I think Cal with their bats are, are too good. Um, and I think with the level of UW, how, you know, they haven't been the most consistent team so far, I think they're going to drop one. But I think, I think they're good enough to, to win the series. I just don't see the sweep. I like that you said that. And you stole my, I was hoping you'd be like, nah, it's going to be a sweep. So I can be like, haha, hot take here, <laughs> two and one. <laughs> but I agree. And you mentioned the inconsistency. And right now, I think until we can see a little bit more consistent batting and consistent pitching that we can't really fully bet on sweeps against great teams. Like we mentioned, you know, UCLA and Cal. So We'll, we'll see how it goes. I'm going to go two and one as well. Hopefully Washington can get three and oh to kind of get some confidence as they do host UCLA the following week, which we will be covering next week. And we're in our Cal recap and UCLA preview show. So final thoughts, Trey, from you before we go ahead and sign off. Go dogs. No, I think, um, I think UW has potential. This team is clearly young especially with four freshmen starting. But I think with the level of play, Sammy Reynolds and Bailey Klinger and some of the leaders they have, they definitely have the talent to be one of the better teams in the NCAA and certainly the Pac-12. I can see them finishing right behind UCLA. Yes, I definitely think that UW has experienced some growing pains. They will continue to experience growing pains as conference play does roll on in the upcoming months leading up to some postseason hopeful trips for Washington. But we'll see how, you know, they look shaking things out against Cal in opening conference play. So until next time, I'm Kayla Olin. I'm Trey Konishi. Go dogs.
go dogs. <laughs>